Good morning, church. Well, today I want to share part four of our new series with you uh, called Live Your Calling. And we're sharing this whole series because, as I said in the very first message, you do have a calling from God. Whether you've discovered that calling yet or not, you do have a calling. We talked about first that you are called by God from the very beginning of time, before you were even knit together in your mother's womb, God had already called you to be his. Then we talked about you're called to be loved by God. God wants you to let him love you. Amen. Your heavenly father, your creator wants you to let him just love on you. (laughs) He created you to be his child. He wants you in his family and he wants you to let him love you. Third, we talked about you are called to be belong. Uh, Pastor Matt talked yes, last week about he wants you to live and live life in his family, to belong to this family and be a vital part of this family. And then fourth, you're called to become. God wants you to become like his son. And that's what we want to talk with you about today. Now, all of us, when we were little kids, we all dreamed about becoming something. And we, we had this dream, and sometimes we'd even go out in the yard and probably act it out some way. But what did you dream? Can I ask you this morning, what did you dream about when you were six, seven, eight, or nine? What did you dream about becoming when you got big, when, when you grew up? How many of you dreamed that you'd be a fireman someday? Anybody want to be a fireman? All right, good, good. How many of you dreamed you wanted to be a policeman? Anybody? Okay, no cops, all right? Okay, <laughs> all right. How many dreams you want to be an astronaut? You know, you want to go up, yeah, you want to go up in the sky real high, see what was up there. How many want to be a doctor or a nurse? Something like that. Anybody? Oh, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, we all had a dream. I had a dream that I, I, I wanted to play in the NBA. <laughs> so, something about that just didn't work. <laughs> Skills weren't there either. But the truth is, most of us do not become in life what we dreamed we might want to become sometime later in life. But no matter what you ended up becoming, God has called you to become something very special, to be something very special for him and to do something very specific for him. Let's take a look at Romans 8.28 as we begin. And I want you to catch something in the last part of this verse. The Bible says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance. Remember, God knew who you were going to be, knew your name, knew your gender. He had all of that planned before you even knit together in your mother's womb. God knew his people in advance. And look at this, catch this. And he chose them to do what? To become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. Listen, as we begin this morning, here's the bottom line. God has called you. It's a calling to become just like his son. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to end up being a God someday. No, not at all. But he has called you to become like his son, which is godly, full of godliness, full of righteousness, full of holiness. And that's what God has called us to be. And so if you're going to be a part of God's family, he wants you to take on the characteristics of his forever family. Take on the characteristics of his heavenly family, which is godliness, righteousness, and holiness. 
So as we begin on a scale of one to five this morning, how are you doing at becoming like Jesus? Right now, today, on a scale of one to five, one not being not at all doing so good at becoming like Jesus. Five, man, I'm, I'm running, I'm pursuing, I'm really after Jesus. On a scale of one to five, how are you doing at becoming godly like Jesus? Righteous in your your heart and your mind and your lifestyle. Holy like Jesus. How are you doing? But no matter where you are today, you can become more and more like Jesus. And the Bible compares becoming like Jesus to a race. In Hebrews chapter 12, it's, it's compared to a race. We're to spend our lives pursuing Jesus. We're to spend our lives running towards Jesus. Running to him and then running for him. We are to run until we finish this race here on earth that God has created us to run, called us to run. We're to run until we finish the race. But today, I want to talk with you about how to become not always what you've dreamed of becoming when you grew up, but how to become what God has dreamed you would become, like his son. So how do you do that? (laughs) In our busy world, how do you Become like Jesus. Write this down. First of all, become like Jesus. Simplify your life. Simplify your life. Wow. We live in Orange County. We we are used to doing this. Running from one thing to the next thing. We are taught all through school to be busy, to calendar, to organize, to just cram stuff into our life that we want to do. And yet, if we're going to become like Jesus, we've got to simplify our lives. And that means we've got to cut out of our schedules, and we've got to clean out of our hearts and our minds all the stuff that's keeping you from becoming like Jesus. That means you start cutting out some of the busyness that steals time away from your relationship with Jesus. That means there might have to be some sport things that go. There might have to be some... Whatever things that go, club things that go, golf things that go. I mean, it it could be a lot of things. And we say, but I don't have enough time to spend with Jesus. I am so, say it with me, busy. Busy. We might have to start cutting some busyness out that steals time from Jesus. That means you start cutting out some of the relationships that tempt you to keep living in sin. It means you might have to start cutting out some of the habits that are sinful. It means you start getting rid of some things that are slowing you down in your pursuit of becoming like Jesus. Now, when you run a race, you don't wear nine layers of clothes, do you? (laughs) When you're going to go out and run and you want to win, you don't wear nine layers of clothes. No, you strip down to the least amount of clothes. You put on the lightest shoes possible Because you don't want anything to weigh you down. You don't want anything to slow you down because you're running to win. You want to be a winner. So listen, if you want to run the race to become more like Jesus, it means you're going to have to eliminate some distractions, some diversions, some detours, some things you've gotten yourself into that are dead ends. And especially destructive sins. In fact, the Bible says this. Let us strip off anything 
that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Now, just get that image in your head. Sins wrap themselves like rope around our ankles, and then you try to run. (laughs) That's going to slow you down, right? So the Bible's saying strip off those things, and especially those sins that wrap themselves around you and slow you down. And then let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. This morning, are you at the place where you're beginning to be willing to say, God, I'm going to strip off everything that slows me down? Are you at the place yet where you're willing to say, God, I'm going to strip off everything that's messing up my relationship with you? God, you've spoken to me about this again and again and again, and I keep doing it, but God, I'm ready now to take it off, get it out of my life because it's messing me up. It's holding me back. Are you willing to say, God, I'm going to strip off the habits, the hang-ups that are holding me back? God, I want to run to Jesus. I want to run for Jesus. I want to run like Jesus. Is that where you are this morning? Maybe not. But to become like Jesus, we got to start with simplifying our lives. Second, to become like Jesus, then you've got to pace your life. Really pace your life. You know, the race to become like Jesus is going to take your entire life. You just don't one day wake up some morning and be godly like Jesus. (laughs) To be holy and righteous like Jesus. It takes your whole life, God working with you and working on you and helping you give things up and let him come in and, and work on your life. So this race is more like a marathon. It's not a sprint. It just doesn't happen. It's just not over in a minute. It's a marathon. So the race to become like Jesus is not something you just quickly do and then check off your to-do list. Hey, like Jesus today. Amen. (laughs) Doesn't happen that way. I've told you this before, but I'm going to show you and showed you this before. I'm going to do it again. When I was in high school, I was a sprinter. Figured out which one I am? The short one, of course, right? (laughs) I was a sprinter in high school and... uh, I ran 100-yard dashes, and then I ran the first 110 in the 440 relay dash, and we went to the Drake Relays in Des Moines, Iowa, ran state championships and set a record. Yay, Larry, okay, and, and had a really good time doing that. But I was, I was a sprinter. But at one track meet, our best 220-yard sprinter pulled a muscle. So the coach came to me and asked me if I would take his place and run the 220 for him. So I decided, well, yeah, I'll give, all my, I'll give my all coach. I'll, I'll do it for the team. I'll try to score some points. Didn't think I could win. Gun went off, and I blasted out of the starting blocks like I always did. At 50 yards, I was ahead. At 100 yards, I was ahead. Couldn't believe it. At 150 yards, I looked around my shoulder. I was still in the lead. I said, this is awesome. I could see the finish line, but that's when it happened. Every muscle in my body began to rebel and freeze and seize up on me. And like everything, I was giving my all, saying, just relax, Larry, just just relax and let it flow. And everything was just stopping on me. And I watched one runner after another catch me and pass me. I made it to the finish line. I ran off the track immediately, left the track, went behind the bleachers, and threw up. (laughs) 
I had never learned to pace myself. I had always been all out for the whole race. And even though the 220s is kind of a sprint, you don't give it all. You leave a little bit for the last kick. And I had no last kick. I ran out of steam. I had, I had nothing left because I'd never learned to pace myself for that longer race. I had a theology professor who once said, God doesn't want you to be like a fast-moving fire that's hot for a while but then burns out. God wants you to be like a slow-moving fire that burns and burns and burns for a lifetime. Amen? And I needed to learn to pace myself. But a lot of times when we become a Christian, we start growing really fast. We get in the Word. We get in Bible studies. We get around other Christian people, and we start growing really fast. It's kind of like babies when they're first born. Man, they get that mother's milk, and boy, they just start growing, and they double in size in the first year. They grow really, really fast. Aren't you glad you're not like a baby anymore? <laughs> you know? But growth in our lives then slows down. Growth still takes place, but it comes over a longer period of time. God wants every person in his family to keep growing, to, to not stop, but to keep running. Now, you may not grow as fast as you once did, but he wants you to, to keep becoming more and more like Jesus. Now, your pace may not be as quick as it once was. You may not be as fast as you once were, but he wants you to keep becoming more and more like Jesus. So God isn't asking for your pace to be so fast that you, you just burn out. He's, he's asking for your pace to be steady so that you can burn hot for him your whole life. He's asking you for you to be steady in your pursuit, in your run to him your whole life. He's asking for you to be steady so that you can become like him in every heart, every part of your life, every room of your heart. He's wanting a steady run. Pace yourself. Don't burn, but keep growing. The question is, are you growing this morning? Are you still growing? You know, when God wants to make a mushroom, anybody have mushrooms show up in your lawn overnight? You ever had that happen? Yeah. When God wants to make a mushroom, he takes six hours. You go to bed, there's nothing in your lawn, and you wake up and all once in the morning, there's a mushroom. When God wants to make an oak tree, it takes him 60 years. 60 years. So the question is this, do you want to be like a strong oak tree do you want to be deeply rooted so that you can endure the storms of life? Or do you just want to be a mushroom? You walk out and somebody takes their foot and you just shatter. What do you want to be? God says, I want you to pace your life so that you keep growing on a steady pace all throughout your life. Growth doesn't happen quickly. It happens by keeping that steady spiritual pace your whole life. You see, champions know how to pace themselves and how to keep running and running and running their whole lives. The Bible says it this way. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. So to become like Jesus, the first thing we've got to do is simplify our lives. We've got to strip off those things that are holding us back, get them out of our lives. Then we've got to pace ourselves, keep running, keep pursuing, but, but, but don't burn out. Just keep a steady pace towards Jesus. And sometimes we, we do see Christians who burn out. They just go, 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 go for Jesus. They're doing, they're going on every mission trip. They're doing everything. And all at once you say, where's so-and-so? They left the faith. They burned out. 
And that's not God's plan for you. He just wants you to keep pursuing him, keep walking with him, keep running towards him, serving him your whole life. Next, to become like Jesus, then focus your life. Focus your life. You know, the easiest thing to do each morning is to focus on the next event. Breakfast, that's for me, you know. My first thing, breakfast, school runs, getting the kids ready, work deadlines. The easiest thing to do each morning is to focus on the next project. The yard, the remodel, the pool, whatever's happening. The easiest thing to do is to focus on the next getaway. The river, Disney, mountains. The easiest thing to do is to focus on the next appointment. The doctor, the client, the refinance. But the hardest thing to do is to focus on spending time with Jesus. Ten minutes. Sometimes we don't have ten minutes for Jesus. Thirty, fifteen. That's the hardest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is race towards everything but Jesus. Amen? I mean, that's not an amen, but true. But here's why you need to focus your heart and mind on Jesus every day. Because whoever or whatever you put first in your life is what you will become. It's what you will become. It's like the old cliche. If you're running with the turkeys, you can't soar with the eagles. (laughs) If you're running with people that don't know and follow Jesus, you're going to become not like Jesus, but like them. You're going to become separated from Jesus. You're going to be sinful and lost. If you're running after stuff, you're going to not become like Jesus. You're going to become like the stuff you're chasing. Inanimate, lifeless, having no eternal value. You cannot focus on all things but Jesus and still soar with Jesus on Sundays. It doesn't work that way. So what should you do? Well, you should carve out some time out of your schedule to be with Jesus every day. You should put a calendar on your appointment book with Jesus every day. Because the more you're with him, the more you're going to become just like him. So I'm talking about you and me committing to having a quiet time. A time where you quiet your heart, your mind, you slow down your body, and you sit still with Jesus. Every day. Get up, go to your favorite chair, spend some time with Jesus, read his word, talk to him about the stuff you need his help with, thank him for all that he's done in the past, and then say something like this, and God, is there anything you want to say to me? And then just listen. Just be quiet and listen, and God, if you'll get quiet enough, will speak, He'll put a thought in your mind. And when when you know it's God speaking, you know because of these kind of things. If the devil gives you a thought, it'll be a tempting thought. If God gives you a thought, it'll be an inspirational thought. If you give yourself a thought, it'll be a stupid thought. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But so how do you become like Jesus? The Bible says we do this by keeping our eyes on him. Keeping our eyes on him on whom our faith depends from start to finish. You can't be like him without being with him. 
So I want to encourage you this morning, if, you, if you're not in the habit of doing this, get to a place. doesn't matter if it's indoors or outdoors. Get to a place. Get in his word. And then get to talking with Jesus. And I'd encourage you to even talk out loud with Jesus. It helps me when I do that. And sometimes the people in our neighborhood, they've gotten used to me now. But I've told you, I take these prayer walks and I walk two miles around our neighborhood. And I'm just talking and praying out loud. And people are driving by looking at this crazy guy. But that's okay. Talk out loud. It keeps you on focus. I close my eyes. I go to sleep. Anybody else? Amen. (laughs) So open your eyes, open your mouth, and start talking to Jesus. That's okay. The Bible says this, that even Jesus had a special place that he went to on a regular basis. The Bible says Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives to pray. He had a special place, and he had this habit of going there to talk to the Father. Do you have a special place? Do you have a habit of going and talking with Jesus? Even the Apostle Paul says, I mean, the Bible tells us that Moses spent so much time alone with God on Mount Sinai. Actually, he spent months there with him. But he spent so much time with God that when he came down the mountain, the people said he literally glowed from being with God that long. Listen, when you are in the presence of God, it changes you. You become like him. And people around you can notice there's a difference in your life because you've been with God. So to become like Jesus, simplify your life, then pace your life, then focus your life, and then last this morning, persevere in life. Running and finishing the race that God has called you to run is not always easy. There's going to be all kinds of hardships There's going to be all kinds of troubles on this life, on this planet. That's just a part of life here. And for God the Father to help you to become like Jesus, he's going to allow you to experience most everything that Jesus went through. Were there times when Jesus was lonely? You bet. Were there times when Jesus was criticized? Criticized? Absolutely. Were there times when Jesus was betrayed? Yeah, we know about Judas. Were there times when Jesus was worn out? Yes. Times when he was misunderstood? Yes. Well, if God didn't spare his son from those things, he won't spare you from those things. And Why is that? Because he wants to use those things to build in you a Christ-like character. Holiness, righteousness, godliness. So you begin to respond to all of those hard things that come to you like Jesus responded to those things. And then as the world looks at you responding to those hard things in the way that Jesus responded to those things, who do they see? They see God. <laughs> they see God in you. They see Jesus. And, they, and then they want to know this Jesus that you know. They know what you're going through is hard. But they know there must be something special going on in your life. Because you're responding with a Christ-like character to all of that stuff. So don't be surprised when troubles come into your life. This is earth. This is not heaven. This isn't the easy stage of our lives. That stage is coming in heaven. Amen? (laughs) The easy stage is coming. In heaven, the Bible says there will be no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sadness. But right now, you're going to have all kinds of troubles. And here's some consolation, but God won't waste your troubles. He will use every trouble he allows to come into your life 
to build into you this character to become more like his son. So I want to encourage you when those hard things come, don't give up. God is working in you and he's going to bless you even in the hard times. Instead, persevere during the troubles that come into your life. Don't give up. Your reward is on its way. And all of God's people said, amen. It's coming. But in those hard times, how in the world do you remember that your reward is on its way? Well, first of all, write this down. You do that by looking at Jesus. You look at how Jesus dealt with his hard times, his troubles. Look at what the Bible says. Jesus did not give up because of the cross. I would have. Amen. Anybody else? He looked at that cross. He didn't give up. He didn't say, Father, pull me out of this. Send your angels. He didn't give up because of what was ahead of him. On the contrary, and look at this, because of the joy that was waiting for him. And what was that joy? All of you, all of us gathered together as his family in heaven to fellowship with him together for all eternity. For the joy that was waiting on him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. And he is now seated at the right side of God's throne. Think of what he went through. Think of how he put up with so much hatred from sinners. So do not let yourselves become discouraged and give up. When Jesus' troubles came, he didn't give up. But the question is, what helped him persevere when the troubles were so horrific? What helped him? How did he keep running the race all the way to the finish line? How did he do that? He remembered the joy. That was waiting for him. The reward that was his. That God the father had waiting for him. So the Bible says this. After you suffer for a short time. God who gives all grace. Will make everything right. He. Will make you. Strong. And support you. And keep you from falling. He called you. To share in his glory. In Christ. A glory that will continue forever. Folks, we're going to have short-term troubles on earth, but we're going to enjoy long-term freedom in heaven. And all of God's people said, amen. We got to stick with some stuff down here. But heaven, our reward is coming. The crown of life is coming. The Bible says this, since we are his children, we will share his treasures. Amen? Oh, come on. That's, that's wimpy. Amen? Amen? We get to share in all of God's treasures. For everything God gives to his son, Christ, can you imagine this? It's ours too. <laughs> it's ours too. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. I don't like that part. You got to share his suffering. But then once again, God uses the suffering part to help us become more like Jesus so that we can share his glory forever. If you want to share his glory, you've got to share his suffering. For years, we've all lived with this phrase, no pain, no gain. (laughs) No guts, no glory. We've got to persevere through the hard stuff and keep running towards Jesus no matter what happens. How do you do that? Remember that your reward is coming by looking at Jesus and how he dealt with it. But then second, you do that by looking at your reward itself, the reward. 
Paul says this, I'm still not all that I should be, but I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us up to heaven. So Paul, who's endured more troubles than most of us will ever endure, he's saying here, I see what's ahead of me. I see the prize. I see, I see this reward coming. So I'm straining. I'm persevering. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to reach the end of my race. And then I'm going to grab a hold of my prize that God is calling me up to heaven to receive. Folks, remembering the reward kept Paul going. It kept him persevering. So you do that by looking at Jesus, by remembering that I am going to be awarded by Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, complete forgiveness, complete washing, a crown of life, service with him for all eternity in that place called heaven that is the perfect place with no sin, no sorrow, no suffering, no tears. I want to be there, amen? That's where I'm going. And I want all of you to go there too. But we've got to keep our, our head and the hard times on heaven, our reward. And last this morning, and you do that by taking the next step. When the times get hard, do you run church? Do you run from God? What do you do when times get hard? Do you back off and say, God, you didn't come through for me. Things are hard. So, God, I'm just, I'm just leaving. And we've watched people leave the faith like that. What do you do? You take the next step towards Jesus. God, it's so hard. I can't hardly take this, but I'm going to keep walking towards you. I'm going to keep running, pursuing you. The Bible says this, all athletes practice self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for this eternal prize. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I am not like a boxer who misses with punches. So Paul is saying, I'm persevering through all of my troubles so I can win and enjoy my prize, that one that lasts forever. So I, Paul's saying, so I'm not messing around. Yes, times are hard. He wrote this when he was in prison. Yes, times are hard, but I'm, gonna, I'm not messing around. I'm going straight for the goal. I'm going right for the finish line. I'm not going to step aside. I'm not going to get mad at God. I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to take detours into sin because I hurt so bad and I just want some pleasure. No. I'm going to take my next step towards Jesus and I'm going to finish this race. That's what you do when times are hard. You just step straight towards Jesus, straight towards the finish line. You don't get off the lane. You don't get off the track. You don't want to be disqualified. So Paul says, I'm watching every step. I'm going towards the goal. Paul persevered in midst of his troubles. And that's what he's calling you and me to do as well. But what do you do when you really don't think you can keep on going? When the hurt and the hardships are so hard, you've just got no energy to keep going. What do you do? The Bible says this. You just lift up your weak hands and you worship. You say, trembling knees, stand. And you worship God. And then look at that last little part of the verse. And you keep walking. 
on straight paths, on the straight and narrow path. When you're going through hell, what do you do? You keep taking that step toward the finish line. But you make sure that you're walking on straight paths. You make sure that you're walking on paths that are still taking you to your goal, to your reward. People walk on the straight path. Don't be tempted to take a crooked path. Don't mess around when the hard times come. Don't be tempted to take shortcuts. If you take a shortcut, it'll just lead you into the weeds and you'll be in more trouble. Amen? Don't take a shortcut. Just stay on the straight and narrow path towards your reward. So how do you persevere? You look at your reward. You remember your reward. And how do you remember your reward? You look at Jesus and how he dealt with it. You look at heaven and all that's coming your way. And you take the next right step on your path towards God. Now, my passion as your pastor is to get all of you to the finish line. To get all of you to the finish line where you can receive your prize and receive what God has waiting for you. That's my passion. Let's all go together. Amen? But for that to happen, if you're not in the race, you've got to get in the race. And if you're in the race, but you're really not running straight, you've got to start running straight and you've got to stay in the race with Jesus. So to become like Jesus, which is, which is your calling, you start by simply simplifying your life. Get, get rid of that stuff that's getting in the way. Just let it go. Cut it out. Then pace your life. Begin this steady pace, growth, run towards Jesus. Focus your life. Be with him day after day after day. And then persevere. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit. Amen? Don't ever quit. Walk towards Jesus. Bow with me in prayer. Today, I want to close with a prayer that I'd like every one of you who have made Jesus your Savior and Lord to pray this prayer kind of as a a commitment at this point in our series. And as I pray, would you just pray it silently in your heart like this? Father, today I'm choosing to become more like your son, Jesus. I will apply what I've learned today so I can run straight toward him. So I can finish the race and receive the prize that you have waiting for me. I will stay in the race and I will not give up. And this morning, if you are not in the race yet, you haven't asked Christ to come be your Savior, your Lord, and forgive your sins, would you simply pray this? Father, today I choose to get into the race to become more like your son, Jesus. I ask that you forgive my sins, come into my life, and become my Savior and Lord. Today I choose to run straight toward you, 
to finish the race. To receive the prize that you have waiting for me. I will stay in this race and I will not give up. Father, as we meet here today together, as all these great people that are part of your family, Lord, we desire to finish the race and go to heaven and spend eternity together. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be so focused on you so persevering that we all make it together with you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.